Guys from Podcast, just two guys answering the internet's questions. I'm Sean Cordingly. And I'm David R. Smith. Today we're talking about what we've been up to. And maybe something else. And maybe something else. We have no idea how long this is going to go. Yeah. In the past, it's been one of those situations where we can talk about it for a half hour, but we've also skipped a month. Yep, we did, because we wanted to do all of our year-in-review stuff at the beginning of January. So we figured we'd just push this to February. And in November, it was a whole podcast. Yeah. Well, so... And then this way, it actually will skip September, which means that when we do our NFL preview, it doesn't coincide with this. So we don't have another almost two-hour podcast. Exactly. Which, coincidentally, on Wednesday of this week, if you listened to that NFL pick podcast, I reviewed all of our picks to see how we did. Oh, well, there you go. that just went up a couple days ago, as of your being able to hear this. Right. That makes sense. Uh, We actually did really well. I was going to say, I feel like we did okay. Yeah. I have one of two teams. We both picked Arizona to be in the finals, right? Yes. And And you had the Patriots, I had the Steelers. Yeah. But we both had the right AFC championship, and I had one of the two teams in the NFC championship, because I had the Packers. Oh, okay. I think I had Carolina and... And Arizona. Arizona. Yeah. <laughs> I was way off. But we got, like, I got both of the worst teams, right? You only got Cleveland. You sadly no. picked the Bears, who were 3-13. and 13, Damn it, was, you picked San Francisco? Who were 2-14. and 14. <laughs> Swish. <laughs> but no. I was so close with worst teams. Yeah, that's actually not bad, considering that was half a year ago. Yeah. Huh, go us. So yeah, if you're interested in that, and you did obviously listen to that super long podcast we did way back when we have our recap so yeah yeah there anyway, you go cool. reading what have you been reading dave it i've been reading it it's a slog also i haven't read a lot since christmas just with getting back into the work busy it's been really busy and uh so i've only read about two chapters since probably christmas day oh wow yeah um, it's just been, it's been kind of chaotic, but I mean, there's also been theater scripts, like, uh, scripts for, for shows and everything like yeah, that. So, but you obviously, you have to read those. Exactly. Work, so. But from a, from a purely entertainment standpoint, it's been that and articles I found online about Trump, against Trump, for Trump, just trying to like absorb, not just Trump, but like polit- political news, news in yep. general, just kind of trying to absorb everything and trying to be able to have a somewhat well-rounded opinion instead of just. something based on one side of the argument that's fair yeah so yeah there hasn't been a lot to read i'm hoping that in two months when we do this again i will have something new i've got a couple books that i'm really excited to read i just can't remember the titles right now because i haven't even started them right um how far are you in it like three quarters oh yeah So so i basically like what i have left is the length of basically a standard novel anywhere else so i just need to be vigilant about the fact that I need to read and well, read what it. stuff calms down because exactly. it's going to calm down, especially work wise politics. <laughs> there's going to be articles to read forever, but yeah, yeah. Once work, especially after like the next two weeks when lunchbox opens, then you know, then I'll have a little bit of downtime. Exactly. And who knows? We'll see. Anyway, so that's kind of what I'm what I'm working on right now. Which is so weird that we're having to start with reading because now that you're playing stuff and I that know. takes less time then because when you read, you really do want to actually sit and read rather than, I've talked about this several times, the first thing on my list is Marvel Star Wars. Right. Well, while I'm working, a comic book where it will take me six minutes to get through the full comic book. Sure. That's perfect when I'm waiting 10 minutes for the next call or when I know I have something coming but right. there's literally nothing I can do. Yeah. I can read a Marvel Star Wars. Great. Yeah. <clears throat> but 
a book, you know, you can't read for six minutes and feel like you've really absorbed anything. Exactly. That, that would take me forever to read it that way. <laughs> yeah, it would. Um, the other one, I, I haven't started reading it because I've already read it, but I was talking recently with somebody about the, the Anthony Kiedis biography, Scar Tissue. Oh, okay, sure. Um, I think I in my throwback tracks last week, I talked about Anthony Kiedis and Star, Scar Tissue. And yeah. it's, it's one that I actually just, I was getting a guest bedroom ready and I had a bookshelf. So I was like, oh, I'll put some books in there just in case. And that was go. one that I put in and I was just kind of sifting through. I was like, man, I forgot how good this book is. So it's yeah. one that at some point I may reread, but it's also one that I've read. So I'm trying to, you know. With the amount of time you have to read, it's hard to be like, yeah, I'm going to go back and read this book I already read a couple years ago. When I have 10 books that I'm like, I really want to read these. <laughs> Do you still have one of mine? I probably. Night Shift? Did I think I that, back? that back to you. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I never got around to it and just felt like. At a certain point? Yeah. Kind of like what's going to happen with Outlander? That one I will watch at some point. <laughs> at some point. Anyway, what are you <sighs> reading, Sean? Other than Marvel Other Star than Wars? Other than Marvel Star Wars. Uh, Caliban's War. I am almost okay. done. Okay. Yeah, we've That's... talked about that one. Yeah, briefly. Yeah. It's the, I started it. This month, actually. Okay. So, or this past month, I should say. In right. January. It's the so you're second... making good time on it, then. Oh, yeah. I'm almost yeah. done. I'm nice. 40 pages away from being finished. Oh, great. So I've been making an effort to read more books sure. rather than... Because I am I have been always doing what you're doing now, where it is consuming news articles and yeah. all that. Plus, for work, I have to do some of that as well. Yeah. So I've been making an effort to read more books. So Caliban's War, it's good. It had a lull for about 100 pages in the oh, middle. Okay. It's a 580, 70, 80 page book. Uh, and it's like a full... I'm demonstrating to Dave, <laughs> but it's not quite 8.5 by 11, but it's a larger paperback. Oh, sure. Like it's a big book. Yeah. It's really good. It's sci-fi. Okay. Not super hard sci-fi. It's more of a possible... Like, oh, imagine I in the future when we've colonized the solar system yeah. sort of idea. Interesting. So it's very good. Cool. What I'm really impressed, and this just struck me as you were as you were talking about this, people who, like a guy I work with reads 40 or 50 books a year. Mm-hmm. And I'm really impressed by people who can do that, but I also wonder what else they're doing with their life. I'm like, maybe you just go home and read, and I admire that, but I just don't have the time to read 40 books in a year. Yeah. They I guess, also might be faster readers than me. It's true. Or it depends on the books. There's too. also Like that, if yeah. it's a nonfiction 200-page book, that's a little different than you reading it, right? Sure. It is, what, 1,100? Yeah. 1,090. Yeah. Yeah. So 1,100, yeah. basically. Yeah. That's a long read. That's three normal mass market paperbacks, right? Absolutely. So, so it takes a little bit longer. Yeah. Which is understandable. And then, but... I read Of Mice and Men in a Day. So sometimes, like, if you have a book that that's a fiction, and it's but it's not that long, and yeah. it's not that hard to read, it's just sometimes you just read those books in a day. Yeah, exactly. Not that big of a deal. Yeah. No, I'm not stressed about it. It's not like, oh, these people read it. I have other things to do. I can't just read, but I also... It does depend on the book. Exactly. Completely yeah. depends on the book. I yeah. think I read, according to my Goodreads account, 110 last year. Dang. But how many of those are manga? Because I read 20 Century Boys. That's 24 books. Right. Yeah, that's going to be a giant chunk of that. Sure. So I get it. Yeah, no, no. Uh, What else? Anything else? Bioshock Rapture. It's a prequel to the video game. Okay. Written by a guy who won a Saturn Award, which is a big award in science fiction. Yeah, okay, that's what I thought. 
Yeah. It's okay. a it's a prequel. It's about the establishment of the city under the sea. And I was just like, yeah, I want to read about this steampunk Ayn Rand based city under the sea and how it got established. Cool. Sure. Mass market paperback, three hundred pages. It was a good time. Okay. I enjoyed it. Awesome. Yeah. I think that's one of the games that I have. One of the Bioshocks, anyway. I hope Not so. to talk about today, but right, but that at you some have, point, have that I have have that I own at some point. It's great. Incidentally, for anybody who listened to last week's podcast, I was downstairs cleaning up, well, like getting DVDs and everything like that. Yeah. And I found a stack of, of Xbox games that I didn't realize I had down there because my roommate, my old roommate, must have just left them. Like, sweet, perfect, including a baseball game. Hey, it's like two K eight, but it doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. It's still a it's baseball, baseball game. So I'm really pumped about that. But I was going through DVDs, and I went through this box, and I have Adaptation. Yep. Which I've never seen. Dave sure sent me a picture of it, (laughs) and then I sent him a gif from Troy of Agamemnon (laughs) laughing at him. (laughs) I couldn't believe it. I just, I was going through these boxes, like, what DVDs are down here that I never think about? And I pulled a few out. Like, I found my Royal Tenenbaums DVDs, like, that's coming upstairs, and (laughs) I think it was in the same box. I was like... What? How do I have adaptation? I've never seen it. Did, had no like. I'm sure one of my older mates owned it, and it just got thrown into my it. box of DVDs. Yeah. And like nobody buys or cares about their DVDs really anymore. Not really. So I was just flabbergasted. So it's upstairs now. At some point, I'll watch now it. You can watch it. I can watch it. I'm really excited <laughs> about that. I just it was so perfect. And so yeah, I just sent the picture, and all I said underneath was um dot dot dot. <laughs> yep. So I haven't watched it yet, but I do own it, apparently. But that's good that you found some Xbox stuff. So you don't have to, especially because I know baseball's not easy to track down. No, so MLB 2K8 or whatever it is, that's fine. At least it's something that I can play. And and yeah, there's a bunch more Xbox games to go with the bunch that I already have. Cool. Yeah, so I'm well-stocked for video games right now. That was my last book, so we can move into playing. Great. Transition. Look at that. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> okay, so I'll talk about the one that I'm just starting out on because sure. I finished a game, and we'll talk about that after. So I, okay. um, the one I just started is Max Payne Two. Okay, sure. Have you played the Max Paynes before? Oh, three. I think I played a little bit of two. Okay, yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. I'm not. I don't dislike it. I just find it's. I like open world games. Gotcha. Yeah. And this one is like you're on the mission. I mean, and I guess, like, Call of Duty and all those are, you're not, those it's are not linear. open world. So yep. it's, and I don't dislike that. It's just, I I guess, having come off a game that was just open world and, like, this one you just go through the level until, and then you get to the level and then you go to a cutscene and then you go to the next one. So yep. it's just taking time to get used to that, which is fine. Yeah. Um, But it's also very, like, very stylized, which is. It is. Interesting. Like, there's, you can do the jump shots, and then when you kill, like, you can, like, slow down the bullet, and it, I don't know, there's just, it's very interesting, and, like, I think I'm only into the third chapter, so it's still, okay, so I just started it. Yeah. But it's taken me some time to... Adjust. To adjust to it. Yep. Um, but I also enjoy that you can carry, like, there's only a certain amount of weapons you can carry, and, and, uh... You know, like in Grand Theft Auto, you can just you can have your arsenal with you, whereas this one you have four slots. Yep. And when you run out, like then you drop a gun, drop a gun, and find another gun. <laughs> yep. And it's so it's more realistic in that sense. And I just get my butt whipped too. Like I just keep getting <laughs> shot, and all of a sudden you died. 
Yeah, okay, I guess I'll restart. So I've spent a lot of time restarting on this one. Yeah, fair enough. Just but gotta get used to it. Yeah, it's good, and I'm enjoying it. And it's just, I think it's one that I got for Christmas from my brother-in-law, and I'm I'm quite enjoying it. And Cool. You know, it's just a little different. What about you? What's something you've been playing? Just one? Well, I figured we could go back and forth until I ran out of things. How many do you have? Three, including an iPhone game. <laughs> well, okay. okay. The iPhone game I'm playing is called Sage Solitaire. It's just a new addictive game that I found. Okay, it's sure. It's like a combination of poker and solitaire. Um, that sounds interesting. Yeah, so basically you have nine squares of, of cards, and in order to clear them, you either have to, you basically have to use poker hands, okay. so all of them are, all the top cards are facing, but, are facing up, but um, the the trick is you have to use cards from at least two rows, so you can't, like if you have 79 going across one row, you can't clear those ones. Ah. Yeah. Um, and so you can use pair, uh, three of a kind, full house. You can't use two pair, which is kind of a pain in the butt. Yeah. Um, but anything else. But you can use a, a run of three. Like you could use three or five cards straight. Flush has to be five oh. cards. So like there's a whole bunch of different combinations that you can do. Okay. Um, it's really, really addictive. And uh, like it's just a good way as I'm heating up my lunch at work, I'll just sit on the the couch in the green room and play a couple rounds of this while my lunch is heating up. And it's the comic book time. Exactly. That's when I read a comic book. Exactly. Where it's like I have okay, I'm at the microwave. Might as well read this. Flip, yeah. flip, flip, flip. Done, and my food's ready. Precisely. Yep. And so that's that's kind of what I'm doing. So that's that's my iPhone game. So okay. I have one other one, but let's talk about one of yours first. Sure. I played Hitman. A good okay. chunk of the new Hitman. How is it? It's good. Yeah? I don't like it as much as some of the earlier Hitmen. Okay. But I do like... It's very open, so it's not as linear. Hitmen were never really linear games. There are always different paths you could undertake to commit the assassination you're trying to. Sure. Which is kind of puzzly. But these worlds are so open that it becomes... Every time I started a new map... I would spend three or four hours just wandering around finding people and listening to things and finding where stuff is and finding doors and testing things before I would actually make an attempt at the assassination because I almost had to. There was one in Sapienza, like an Italian village on the coast, where it's essentially a city block and a half plus a compound plus the beach plus a cave. So Whoa. and you have to find two people in that <laughs> and figure out and everything is worked on time. So at this time they will be here. And at this time they will be here. Oh. So you have to, you have to actually put the <clears throat> the hitman effort in. Okay. Which is kind of cool, but it almost seems opposite of what I was saying is you almost needed a little bit more contained. Is that I don't know if I want it more contained, okay. or if it's just I'm the old school Hitman fan who's still trying to wrap his head around the fact that, okay, I'm in Marrakesh and I now have to figure out this entire market, versus, okay, now I'm in this this consulate and I have to figure my way through this, but it's not as difficult as, oh man, there's a giant market here and I have 50 different costume opportunities and 12 different ways that I could commit this assassination. Right. Okay. Wow. So it's good. Okay. It's it's good. I think the fact that it's episodic kind of affects it a little bit. They released it in chunks. So you would get one map per two months is the way they released it. Oh, I see. But I got it in a complete collection. It was on sale for 
half off okay. or something like that. So I got the whole game at once. But I almost think it would have been better if I had played it piecemeal, the right. way it was released. Right. Because there is a lot to do on one map, and then you move on to the next one, and it doesn't have that same cohesive feel of some of the other Hitmen where you're, I have to go here, oh, he's at this place, I have to go here. Whereas, Whereas if it comes out every month and you're watching... Then you play for one week, then you move on to something else between when you finish that level. A couple months later, they're like, okay, <laughs> here's Bangkok. And it's like, oh man, I'm excited to go back to that. Right. Whereas now I'm taking a break from Hitman. I'm about halfway through all of the maps. Okay. And I will go back to it because I'm enjoying it enough. Yeah. But I didn't feel the need to do it again because the thought of, okay, I'm pretty sure Bangkok's the next place I'm going. Okay, I'm going to have to play probably two evenings of just spec work and recon. Good lord. <laughs> and there's times when I find that fun. Yeah. And there's times when I find the puzzliness of Hitman awesome. But it's not sustaining me through the whole thing. Sure. Whereas because it's episodic and it's so much bigger level by level, yeah. I think I do have to take breaks in between the way sure. I'm supposed to. Okay. So. Interesting. But it's good. It's beautiful. Mm. It's Hitman. So you still get to do crazy stuff. That's awesome. Cool. So yeah. Okay. I haven't found Gary Busey yet. I know he's one of the bad guys. Really? I just don't know if he was an elusive target or what. So, yeah. Amazing. So, yeah. Okay. Very cool. That is my first one of... One, two, three, four, five... Seven. Okay, well, tell me another one, Sean. Regale us with more stories of your video games. <laughs> it's because it's been since November sure. that I haven't. And I did play a pile of stuff for the express purpose of being able to do my Game of the Year thing, which came out last week. Right. I wanted to play some of these little kind of experiences that okay. I wanted to. Firewatch. Okay. It won... It won <laughs> as if our awards mean anything to anyone beyond our readers and hopefully listeners i guess right it won best narrative it's rich summer is the main character from Mad Men. oh okay uh it's about a guy who works in wyoming as a firewatch guy through a summer in 1987 and there's a mystery that is wrapped around that all right so you wander around oh shoshan the Shoshone National Forest or something okay. like that. <clears throat> Go wander through a cave, maybe find a turtle. Just, you're uh, basically a ranger for six hours. And it's a sweet story. <laughs> it's a very well-grounded story. The art's very pretty. Right. It was in our top ten most anticipated games of the year. Okay. Which we wrote, <laughs> we, which I wrote at the beginning of 2016. Right. So this one did pay off for me. Okay, great. So cool. Yeah. I'm trying to think. You just said since November. I'm trying to think if I've played something new since November. But I think the last time. Anyway, keep going. Okay. Well, I'm just trying to think because it's like, oh yeah, we're doing this since November, not just what I most recently played. And I'm just yeah. trying to think of what I was playing around Christmas. And but I feel like cause I was playing Far Cry. The last time we did this, we talked about Far Cry. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, then I've got two more. Okay. Okay. Do you want to say one, or do you want sure. to keep Sure. Well, talking? I mean, uh, I finally started Red Dead Redemption. Okay. Um, and I'm really enjoying it. Yeah. It's, like, 
right up my alley. It's an open world on, I mean, it's Grand Theft Auto in the Wild West, which is yeah, so fun. But the issue that I'm having is I got it used, and I feel like the game is glitchy, and I feel like it's not working properly with my Xbox, uh, just in the sense that it's not, like, sometimes I'll go to load it, and it won't load, and I'll just sit there at a at, at a black screen, and I'll just hear it, like, spinning, and... Yeah, that's that's a Xbox your copy thing. That never happened on mine. With mm-hmm. PlayStation 3, but still, Rockstar is very, very good about making sure their stuff works. And that's kind of what I thought, and so I, I was just... I was struggling with it a little bit because there'd be points where I was really enjoying it and then I just couldn't keep going. Yep. And then I go to save and I couldn't access my bed to lie down to save. And, like, there's just little things about it. And I was like, well, this is kind of a pain in my butt. Yeah, that shouldn't be happening. Well, and I thought I was hoping – I was worried that it was my system, but every other game that I've played has been fine. So there's something about the that disc. particular disc. So. That said, what I've played so far has been really good, and I will go back to it and you know see if I can get it to load. And I mean, you could also just hop on eBay see if you could get a Red Dead Redemption 360 disc for ten bucks. Yeah, I mean, I got bucks. I got mine at EB Games for fifteen or something. So yeah, like I bet you, if worst comes to worst, you could probably find another copy of it sure. that would just solve your problem. Yeah. So anyway, it's it's fun and I mean I'm not too too far yet, but I'm starting to get the story down and you know it's Okay. It's uh it's a good little game. I can see why you like it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> I don't want to say anything. I know, I don't you know don't. how far I know. you are. Yeah. Like, oh man, wasn't it great when this happened? Yeah, that's the problem with me playing old games instead of <laughs> new ones, yeah. modern games, but hey, at You're least playing, playing stuff. Something. Yeah, exactly. How about Party Hard? Uh, I don't know. It's midweek right now, so I feel like I should save that for the weekend. We could. <laughs> but Party Hard, the game, is pretty sweet. What is Party Hard? It is a single screen. It's a little hitman-y, so it's another puzzle. Okay. You are playing a serial killer who just wants to get some sleep. So your goal is to kill everybody at the party that is keeping you awake without being caught. Really? Yep. It's 8-bit style, very well scored, great soundtrack, and that's all you do. Is it you have one screen and you're just wandering around stabbing stuff, setting up traps, poisoning drinks. That's that's all it is. Just trying to be as discreet as you can. Yep. And if you get caught, do you have to start from the beginning again? Yep. And you have to kill everybody, which is usually around 50 guests. Good God. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds amazing. If a body is spotted, police are called. So try not to be near bodies. You can hide bodies. Yeah, it's... So if the police are called, does that mean game over? or nope. If they don't know it's you, they just grab the body or they start investigating a little bit. But they don't know that it's you. Sometimes... Especially with poison, you can poison, say, there's a punch bowl. You poison the punch bowl, and a whole bunch of people die around the punch bowl, and somebody's standing there when the police get there, they get arrested, and then they get counted as one of your kills because they're off the screen. (laughs) Amazing! Yeah. That sounds really fun. It really is. like, such a weird concept for a game. Yeah. It's basically a puzzle, though. Right? Sure. So it's a puzzle. You're trying to figure out because you don't want to be in line of sight of anybody to stab, right? Mm. If you're seen mm-hmm. stabbing, they can finger you Obviously. and be like, hey, it was that guy. Yeah. I'm like, oh no. Okay. 
how long does it like I assume that at certain points you probably were discovered and had to start over oh yeah yeah so how long did a, it a successful run I'm yeah. not completely done this is a game that I'm like I'll play oh, piecemeal oh so you can cause there's a bunch of different parties oh I see okay yeah, it's it's not just there's one... a house party there's there was a boat party a rooftop rave I see um a a biker rally slash party. Okay. Yeah. So it's not just like a house. He, the serial killer guy, just wants to get some sleep. And then from the first party, some bikers pick him up and take him to the next party. (laughs) It's like, I just want some sleep. Amazing. Okay. Yeah. So you would have to restart each party. Yes. You don't, like, it's not, if you get caught on the boat, you don't have to go all the way back to the house party. No. Okay. But at any time, if you want to go back and just play the house party. Sure. You can. Okay. So how long would a successful run on the house party be? The first one, I think I was doing it by the end. The last time I played the house, I think I did it in under seven minutes. Okay. So it's not, although the first time you do it, you probably have to go around the house and figure out where everybody is and. Yep. Interesting. What a cool concept for a game. It's really fun. Very bizarre, but yeah. very cool. It won on our Game of the Year thing. It was the biggest surprise. Because I did not... Who's our? Is that... The guys oh, from okay. .com's yeah. Game of the Year, which came out last week? Sure. I thought that that's what you meant. I was just wondering. Okay. Our? Um, <laughs> yeah, because I totally write these things about video games. Yeah. Um, biggest surprise. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Because it was so fun. And like $3. Oh, really? Yeah. It's great. An 8-bit? Pretty much, yep. Amazing. I like that. Uh, how many more do you have? Four. Okay, hit me with another one. Inside, our game of the year. Okay. It's weird. It's creepy. Did you ever play Limbo? No. With me or Derek? I don't think so. This will make a lot of sense then. Uh... <laughs> It's silent, it's surreal, it's kind of a horror game, and it's a puzzle platformer. So you're solving environmental puzzles in a dystopian future, basically. Oh, interesting. Yeah. When we're done this this section, I'll show you some trailers. I'll go to our game of the year thing and show you all of the trailers you didn't have time. Drive up that traffic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Awesome. Yeah, it was very, very good, obviously. Because I got game of the year. Yeah. Fantastic. Want one more? Then yeah. you do one. Yeah. Then I'll do my last two. Totally. Awesome. I'll do a really quick one. Okay. Virginia. I wrote a backlogging on it on Monday. It's essentially a two-hour silent animated X-Files episode that you play. Oh, you were telling me about this, I think. I definitely did. Okay. Yeah. And like I said, I just wrote about it this past Monday. Right, so we won't dwell on it. I don't it. have to dwell on it too much. To... No more about it. Go there. If you're thinking about picking it up, if you like the sound of a playable X-Files episode that's two hours long, do it. It's worth it. Well, there you go. Uh, my last game is Mafia 2. Okay, yep. Really fun, but I found it was a little thin. Yeah. Just in the sense that like, it's an open-world game. But it's a super empty open world. It's a really empty open world. Yeah. And you're, like, it reminds me of Grand Theft Auto in the sense that it's open world and you can carry an arsenal and everything like that. Oh, and you're yeah. trying yep. to get money. That's the one in the 
thirties? Mafia? Two. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh forties, fifties. Yeah. yeah okay. He's coming he's just off the world the second First world one's twenties, thirties, second one is gotcha. Yeah. Because so, the third one is Vietnam era. Okay. Right, right, right. Anyway, I thought it was fun, but you'd wake up in the morning and then you'd get a phone call, then you'd have to go to this place. You couldn't just you could go explore the world, but there's not a lot in it. There's not a lot in it. And there's always like you always just kind of had to go to do this thing. Yeah. And I think it I think total playing time for me took about nine and a half hours. Yeah. Which for an open world is not much. Yeah. And so I was I really enjoyed it and it was fun to shoot Tommy guns and, and all, you know, kind of sure. modern like antique weapons and, and everything like that. But it was just I was when when the end happened it happened so abruptly. I just kind of thought, "Oh, yeah." So that's that's the end. We're like it. I'm not going to say how it ends for those who, who haven't played, but you know, they're you're driving in the car, and then all of a sudden, it's just like you see a skyline. And I thought, there, "That can't be." And then the credits started rolling. Yep. Oh, well, that's. Then you juxtapose it with the fact that you're playing Red Dead Redemption. Yeah. Where you could walk into a saloon and literally play poker for three or four if hours. You, exactly. And there was no options like that in, in Mafia, I don't nope. think. I don't think there was any poker options or anything. And Not really. It just seemed the possibilities were so large. And it just seemed flimsy. So the game was really enjoyable. I The, the, the missions and everything were pretty good. It just didn't seem... Like, it amounted to as much as I was really hoping for. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, that was that was the one. That's the one I just finished. So, like I said, I'm on Max Payne now. I'll probably talk about that once I've been able to flesh it out a little bit more. In, in April. In April. Yeah. Yeah. Because we'd skip March. March, yeah. Um, and then whatever else I'm playing between now and then. Cool. Yeah. What are your last two? Lego Jurassic World. Oh, my God. You've told me about this one. <laughs> it's a Lego game. And it's Jurassic Park, The Lost World, Jurassic Park 3, and Jurassic World in Lego. That sounds It was so super good. fun. I 100%ed it, have the platinum trophy, Terrific. happy. Yeah. Every once in a while, about once a year, once every 18 months or so, I just get a hankering for a Lego game. Sure. Simple, collect-a-thon, don't have to think about anything, laugh at weird little Lego jokes, Enjoy the little inside references. You don't ever have to worry about dying and restarting. You just kind of, if you die, you just jump back up and play again. And Yeah. Yeah. Just collecting the little Lego studs, collecting characters. In Lego Jurassic World, you got to play as some of the dinosaurs. Cool. So that was a lot of fun. They had the the laugh that you love so much from Jeff Goldblum. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Perfect. They had that scene, and then whenever he was just randomly somewhere, like in a hub world, mm-hmm. that was the noise that Jeff Goldblum would make whenever he passed <laughs> by Ian Malcolm. <laughs> That's so good. Nobody dies, like, character-wise, because they're kids' games, sure. essentially. Yeah. They're for kids and adults, but they have to have stories that are built for kids. So nobody, think about the first one. Oh, yeah. Nobody dies in the Lego game version. Weird. They, you don't do that, right? Yeah. So, spoilers, I suppose, but it has nothing to do with story or gameplay, and it's a spoiler to Jurassic Park, kind of. All of the people who died in the first one, they're hiding in a jeep in four. You find them in Jurassic World, and they all have giant gray beards, and they're just, like, pop up out of a jeep and then, like, run away. So that'd be, like... 
Nedry. Wayne Knight, Nedry, and the lawyer, and... Gennaro's there, for sure. Uh, what's his name? Muldoon. The, is he the hunter? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Oh, that's so good. Ray Arnold is just randomly still fine. <laughs> the end of Jurassic World, spoilers to Jurassic World, when all those people are eaten by the Mosasaurus, yep. um, including the Indominus Rex. At the end of Jurassic World, the Lego video game, they are all inside the Mosasaurus playing poker. <laughs> so good. They're fine. Like, it's just, it's weird, Beautiful. silly stuff like that. I like that. So... I think I own a Lego game. I don't know which one it is, but I feel okay. like maybe I should just keep it in the reserve for days like that, where it's I've got ten minutes before I I'm gonna go somewhere, just play a little bit of Lego, whatever, and yep. off you go. The Lego games are really good for that. Yes, they really are. Huh. That's a good call. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. What's your last one? What did I follow that up with? Yeah. Doom. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. I had to go to the other side, sure. right? Sure, you okay, are running the spectrum here. Really, really simple. Yeah. And didn't have to think about much. Now I'm playing a first-person shooter, and it's Doom, and it's the new Doom. It looks gorgeous. It's kind of hard. I'm not playing on the hardest difficulty possible, but right. I'm playing on hard, and it's fun. It's so funny because you've talked about Doom and you've talked about Wolfenstein. Yep. Recently. And all I can picture are the Doom and Wolfenstein that I used to play on my old computer, and they're just so 8-bitty. You can find the original Doom levels in the new Doom. Really? Yep. In the new Wolfenstein that I was talking about way back yep. when I was playing the New Order, you have a dream in the game, and your dream is Wolfenstein 3D. Oh, my God. So they're paying homage to themselves. Perfect. And it's, it's fun. Awesome. But yeah, I have the chainsaw. I'm back in hell now. Anyone who's unfamiliar with Doom, you're on Mars. Basically, something happens to open a gate to hell. Demons invade Mars. You fight them back. Then you go to hell to stop them from coming again. That it's The main character's name is Doom Guy. Like, you don't have to think about the story much. It's no. about chainsawing things in half. Totally. <laughs> to heavy metal music. <laughs> it's, it's exactly what you hope Doom is going to be. Yeah, Fantastic. it really is. Man. I like it. So we're definitely only doing this today because yeah, even with a thin amount of what we're reading, we managed to churn through a bunch of games and we're at a bunch of time here. So and listening and watching are still coming. And my watch list is super long. Yeah. Yeah. So the second half of what we are up to is brought to you. By Gobblebane. Hey Dave, when was the last time you were attacked by goblins coming to my place? Uh, I don't remember, but it's been a while. That's all thanks to Gobblebane, available exclusively through Gill and More Associates. Refreshing anti-goblin sprays come in many dynamic scents, including Blood of the Fallen, Essence of Protection, and Coconut. Gobblebane, banish those goblins today! And we're back, and we're moving right along to what we're listening to. Yeah. So the lists get longer. Well, for me, they get longer as the, the podcast goes on. I, I understand that... Gaming and listening are close Pretty me. Pretty even for you, and then... Now that you're taking over throwback tracks, I'm listening to less classic stuff, which sure. means I can actually listen to some albums and some random things again. Cool. So... Great. Yeah. Well, that's good. Uh... 
podcasts first or music first? Podcasts first. Okay. Um, I've, I've finished Hardcore History, Blueprint for Armageddon. Nice. It was very good. I, yeah. I Like I, I've said this entire time, I really enjoy Dan Carlin's delivery, and I enjoy the way he he um, gets the information across. Sure. So I just recently finished that, which was great, but I've also discovered the Mortified podcast. Have okay. you heard of this one? I don't think I have, no. So it's... Each podcast is about 15 to 25 minutes. Remember when we used to do 25-minute podcasts? No. We all, we were never oh, under 30. we did like 30. half hour. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, each podcast is somebody has found something that they wrote when they were in their teen years, whether it was okay. a love letter a or a diary or entry or uh, the one I just listened to was Alanis Morissette was really big at the time. And so... Uh, somebody wrote like a hate letter to her friends because they TP'd her house, but she said it to the lyrics of You Oughta Know by Alanis Morissette. <laughs> oh. And so these people find these things that they wrote as 13 to 17-year-olds, yep. and then now as adults, they stand in front of a crowd and read out loud what they've written. It is that sounds fun. So good. And it's like it's not a there's not a huge commitment. Like you're think I'm going from four-hour Dan Carlin podcast to a 15-minute Mortified podcast, and it's just so fun. But and sometimes you just want a 15-minute exactly. something. Yeah. I've got a couple of those, which I've talked about before, mm-hmm. where it's just, I have 20 minutes, or I'm making dinner, and I just want to listen to something that's kind of funny, and it'll be done by the time I'm done making yeah, dinner. Yeah, exactly. And yep. so I, I think last night, I at least, it was last night or the night before I listened to the most recent I think it was the most recent Mortified podcast, and it's just hysterical. Oh, that's awesome. So, yeah, and it's just the people are so embarrassed, but, you know, they're true. Everybody, everybody wrote something stupid when they were a kid. I'm sure yes. if I looked for stuff that, that I wrote when I was 15. And the cool thing about the Alanis Morissette one was Alanis Morissette was actually on the podcast, and she even wrote song lyrics or a poem that she wrote when she was <laughs> 15, and it was awesome. awful. Of course oh, it is. It was so bad. <laughs> but then you, you know, these people go on to do impressive things. So that's the podcast I'm, I, I've just recently discovered, and it is nice. so fun. The day that we are recording this, you must remember this is back. I have been waiting for so long. (laughs) It was so awesome. I tweeted at them. It went up, I think, midnight Eastern. So I got it late last night. I haven't listened to it yet. I'm saving it. Yeah. But I even, I tweeted them about how excited I was and I got a like back. And this morning, Will Wheaton, Patton Oswalt, just like, bam, bam, bam. People who are just excited that you must remember this is back. Great. So this, this season is running i think until april she said okay and it's called dead blondes and it is about blonde actresses who made their mark and then died young so we're just gonna get every episode we're gonna get a story of a different blonde actress from how young like marilyn is she good i'm pretty sure Marilyn's expect marilyn would be in there yep although there have been there has already been a two-parter on marilyn so i don't know if that will happen again right but yeah so that's this season. So I am very much looking forward to listening to No doubt. And was it her that took a hiatus because she was doing a book tour? She was writing a book. Right. She, oh, yeah, right, she was right. on book leave. There wasn't any new, anything new since Six Degrees of Joan Crawford, which was her summer thing. Okay. So it, it ended in August, but I was behind. So I had, you must remember this, till end of September-ish. Right. And then it's just been waiting for the next season. Just Usually it's like a month to a month and a half, two months <laughs> off, but this was four. <laughs> I want more. Yep. Huh. 
So okay. It, it's back finally. Nice. They're like, they're usually an hour, under an hour, 50, okay. 45 to 50 minutes. Cool. You should give them a shot. Yeah, I yeah. think you'd probably enjoy it. Find one of the, find a subject you find interesting. Sure. And then, or give Dead Blondes a try. Well, and that's the way that a lot of podcasts go is yep. there's somewhere you kind of have to start from the beginning, but then there's somewhere it's just Dent Blueprint for Armageddon is like episodes 42 through 48 or something like that. And so I just kind of jumped in halfway. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So I dig that. Now, and that's the beautiful thing about the season concept mm-hmm. is that you can, if you're interested in dead blondes, I guess, sure. or you want to hear stories about actresses you've never heard. But like I've said before, if you're interested in Star Wars, and I don't mean Star Wars, the movies of the Jedi, but stars during World War II, right. there is a big series on that. Very cool. Or The Blacklist, if you want to know more about The Blacklist, Definitely. or Charles Manson, yeah. or any of that sort of stuff. Yeah, so, that's all fascinating yeah it really really is cool i also have a couple of recommendations and stuff that i've been listening to fairly heavily which i'm hoping will help curb some of the trump requests we're getting okay these are the two politics and specifically american politics podcasts that i consume okay regularly the first one is the 538s politics podcast okay yeah um so it's nate silver you and I have talked about the 538, because they do, like, baseball yeah, about articles and stuff, right? Yep, and, okay. They yeah. They, they are nonpartisan. They look largely at it through statistics, although there is a slight liberal bent towards it, but not super heavy. Okay. And I find it quite interesting, and they're usually looking at it from a perspective, like a historical or statistical perspective. So if you're looking to see how does this first week reflect against first week's past. Sure. And sometimes they'll get guests on to talk about what's going on in Congress, how does this Congress relate to this Congress. So they'll kind of give you more of a... It's a lot more analytical than... Yes. Okay. Than... Then just passionate. this is this how I feel. Yeah, this one's not emotional gotcha. per se. They like they obviously do talk about how they are feeling. Sure. And they are New well, York because whether or not whether reporters. or not you have whether or not you are bipartisan or nonpartisan, you still feel based on the things like the policies that are changing, yep. and like you cannot have a, a horse in the race, but you can still feel impacted by whatever's happening, whatever decisions have been made. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's very, very interesting. They usually cover a couple of topics per week. It's a once-a-week podcast, roughly an hour long. Okay. Uh, I have tweeted at the host a couple of times and have gotten responses. Nice. They are very good about that, and they are very... They seem like really nice people, and so it's quite nice to listen to. The 538 podcast. Yep. Okay. 538 Politics Podcast, because oh, okay. I think they prop, they're they part of the ESPN, because 538 is owned by ESPN, right? Oh, so there okay. are more, I don't know if there's a 538 Baseball Podcast or a Statistics Podcast, but right. if you're looking, look for the politics one. The other one is called Pod Save America. Nice. Very good title. This is by two former speechwriters of Obama and like people who actually worked in the Obama White House. This is partisan. This is progressive. This is left. Sure. Obviously, because they are the ones who have worked. They do twice a week. Okay. And they cover their side. But their side is, I find it more interesting than a lot of other ones because they can talk inside baseball. They can talk 
they've worked in White Houses. Right. <laughs> so they can actually kind of reflect on that sort of side of it. Sure. But it's also a call to what can people, what can progressives do in this time? Oh, interesting. So here's how you can, so you don't like this, here's what here's how you, can you could change. actually do. I see. And so they do that sort of stuff. They also have interviews. Um, Seth Meyers was a really good one. I bet he would be a good interview. However, the very last interview of Barack Obama was Pod Save America. The last thing he did, media-wise, was as, this. As the POTUS. Yes. Interesting. It was his last interview, period. Really? Was with these guys. Because it's his former staffers. It's his guys, yeah. And they start off where it's just Barack Obama hanging out with some friends. And that's where the recording starts. Then they go into questions, and then you hear that little click in Obama where he switches to media Obama, where he talks. And he talks about his presidency, and he talks about what's moving forward and what he's going to do, and all of how Obamacare is and the ACA and all that. It's great. Cool. So if that is a side that you're looking for more perspective on, or it's your side, I definitely recommend Pod Save America. They are number one on iTunes, so it should not be a surprise. And not hard to find. Not hard to find. Yeah. The picture is George Washington with photoshopped in Apple earbuds. <laughs> and it says Pod Save America and bright yellow over top of him. Beautiful. It is a very, very interesting podcast. Cool. So if you are looking for perspectives, because I am a progressive and I am the one who knows the most about politics. So if you keep asking us about this sort of stuff, that's more of the side you're going to hear of. And they will do a way better job than I can because they worked for Obama. I didn't. No. I'm also Canadian. I mean, you could have worked for Obama as a Canadian. I could have. I feel like more a lot of the U.S. would have had issue with that, though. Particularly, like, the right wing. Like, why is he hiring an outsider? Why is he hiring a Canadian? There, is there not an American who could do that? Yeah. <laughs> then I'd get in trouble because I'd tweet at them. <laughs> Just a picture of flying pretzels. and <laughs> Whitey Ford? <laughs> why do you hate Whitey Ford? <laughs> <laughs> what do you got against all the Yankees? <laughs> Stupid Yankees. Uh, but yeah, that's they are much more able to articulate it. And also because, like I keep saying, they worked there. Well, They can talk about their system of government way better than I can because I am a Canadian, so I think parliamentary first, not republic. And I feel like that would be a two-sided podcast versus just you talking, me going, uh-huh. Four-sided okay. uh-huh. once a week and two-sided the other, and then they have an interview. So right. yeah, that's what I mean. Like there's even... It's yeah. wider than what we are possibly able to do. As far as a conservative viewpoint, I haven't found one that's of any note yet. I'm hoping to because I'd sure. like the balance, but Absolutely. I have not found one that isn't just spewing vitriol. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Okay. So if anyone has a recommendation for me, please hit me up on Twitter at okay. Sean Cord, and I will definitely take a listen. But there those you go. are the two. That if you want politics talk, go there. They are way better than we could be. Fair. Uh, Hey, Sean, are you listening to anything but podcasts? Yes. Yes, I am. Me too. That's cool. Right? Uh, So Trump has a spoken word album. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God, that would be awful. Oh, Uh, God. Like Bernie's folk album? Yeah. (laughs) Totally. Which does exist. Anyway. Oh, boy. What are you listening to, Dave, music-wise? Uh, I've got a couple. One that's been out for 
a number of years that I just kind of rediscovered last night, actually. I was just playing stuff on my computer that I've been, uh, that I had listened to, like, but it was just stuff that I, it wasn't Pearl Jam. It was something that I hadn't, you know, kind of. What? I know. I know. Guys, I listen to more than just Pearl Jam. I know a lot of my, like, real life friends are shocked by that, too. <laughs> anyway. Uh, I was kind of going through the deeper the deeper cuts and kind of some of the older things that I haven't given as much time to lately. And sure. The, the the album that I, I pulled up yesterday, I thought, oh, man, I haven't listened to this in a long time, is uh, Katie Lang's Songs of the 49th Parallel. Oh, wow. Okay, sure. Yeah. Are you familiar with this one? I am. Yeah. yeah. So for those of you, particularly Americans, who aren't familiar with this album, yeah. it's uh, Katie Lang who has just a phenomenal voice. Like, yes, she does. Whether or not you care for her politics... I don't really care. I know she's got viewpoints of her own, but I don't care about Katie Lang, the pol- like the the political activist. I like Katie Lang, the singer, and she has a tremendous voice. Yeah. And this album, Songs of the 49th Parallel, are actually covers of other Canadian artists that she has turned into her own. Yeah. Um. So it opens with After the Gold Rush by Neil Young. Uh, there's also Helpless by Crosby, Souls and Ash and Young. And then, I mean, there's a bunch of other songs who I can't remember off the top of right. my head. Not the, all just Neil Young. Not all just Neil Young. Right. The one that gets me and just just hits you right in the feels is she does a cover of Leonard Cohen's Hallelujah. Yeah. And it is one of the most beautiful things in the world. Because she has that, like, she can get kind of the, the raspy voice, but then yeah. she can get the really high... Yeah, her range is very, very impressive. It is very impressive. If anyone's familiar with Katie Lang at all, it probably is her cover of Hallelujah. That would be my That guess. is used yeah. a lot, especially in Canadian stuff, but you do hear it in American things as well sure. because it is a beautiful version of yeah, it. Yeah, and I mean, I think it was Leonard Cohen at one point was quoted as saying, that song needs to stop being covered because everybody covered that song, <laughs> yeah. which I get. And I mean, was it Rufus Wainwright who covered it? And I think, like, I it's think in so. the Shrek soundtrack and like, yep. it's just, it's all over. But it's such a beautiful song. Yeah. And I like Rufus Wainwright's version. I like Leonard Cohen's version. But Katie's version is just... Really good. Gorgeous. So that's that was one that I pulled up yesterday and was listening as I was cooking supper, eating supper, and just went, yeah. Nice. Yeah, I need to listen to this again. So I'm going to have that a little bit more regular on, on regular rotation right now. Cool. Mm-hmm. Do you want me to... Are we going to go back and forth Yeah, I might bit? as well. I've sure. got a couple. Tuesday Tunes... But I also did the top 20 songs of the year, so right. that's been one of my go-to playlists, definitely. Sure. Um, really enjoying it. Okay. This week was the last for Tuesday Tunes, so if you enjoy it, you should check that out. Things are changing as of Monday of this week. That's coming after this came out, so you all have to see how that goes. But yeah, so the top 20 songs of the year, mostly indie stuff, a couple of bigger songs, Mike Snow, that sort of thing. Okay. But... Yeah. All right. Uh, you have a few more? Yeah, I okay. do. Um, four? I, I have four albums. Okay, I've got three. So um, Shoot the Moon by Face to Face. It's their greatest hits. It's okay. another one that I've had for a while and just... Never got around to. Well, and my iPod does this weird thing where I will put some artists on and I know what's on there. But when I search through my artists, it doesn't come up. Oh. Like Blue Rodeo and Face to Face, and I don't know what else. Those are the two that I've discovered recently. I'm like, I want to listen to Blue Rodeo's Greatest Hits, which is something I'll listen to every month or two. Sure. And I'll go look. I'm like, 
it's not under B. But if I search for blue under like blue rodeo, it'll pop up. And that's what happened with face to face. So I was working today and I just like, and I saw, cause the first, if you go by song, there's a face to face song first cause it's a okay. Ah, and so gotcha. alphabetically it's first of all the songs on my, on my, my right. iTunes or my iPad pod. And, uh, so I was like, Oh yeah, fa- I do have face to face on here, so I re-listen to that, and it's just—I mean, it's not one of their albums; it's th- their greatest hits. Sure, but it is just—I mean, it's punk music, but it's not like—and I have nothing against Rancid or the Sex Pistols or anything like that. I like that that music as well, but it's—it's it's a more accessible punk music. Yeah, um, and it's just—it's just—it's good working music. It's good, you know. I'll listen to it if I'm out longboarding or something like that, and I feel like if I hit the slopes at all this this winter, I might put that on if I here's hoping yeah even just COP just yeah. COP just to get out and make sure my knees can handle it I found my skis in my closet and I went oh now I'm sad <laughs> <Right>? yeah <laughs> I was going through pictures the other day of, of my first year of university and it was my friends and me on like they were snowboarding and I was skiing it's like oh man yeah that was almost the last time I went skiing yeah uh, anyway so yeah face to face shoot the moon cool Kind of in the same line, which means that you know I'm juxtaposing it entirely, is the Swiss Army Man soundtrack is just awesome. <laughs> it is it's, so good. It's so good. <laughs> it's Paul Dano and Daniel Radcliffe, just acapella noises, and weirdly mixed into dancey stuff, and then Daniel Radcliffe singing Jurassic Park, not the way you think. <laughs> no, it's... If you've seen the movie, you know the music. Oh, yeah. But... If you've seen the movie... If you've seen the trailer, too, you know Montage. Sure. One of the best songs on the soundtrack. But you also don't realize that they're singing until you've listened to it a couple times, and you all of a sudden go, oh, they're just literally singing what's happening in the movie. Yep. Weird, but strangely awesome. Yeah. We killed a raccoon, now you're using me as a machine gun, and we're killing some fish. Yeah. That's literally what's happening on screen, but they're singing it, and you can't really tell, but you can. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's ridiculous. All they really needed was a montage. <laughs> Everybody needs a montage. Yep. <laughs> uh, I don't know what more we can say about that one. We talked about Swiss Army Man for almost a month and a yeah. half before it came out. Yeah. Then, again, this past month, it was my movie of the year. It made your top ten. Yeah, t- made my top five, Yeah, I think. I'm pretty sure it did. Yeah. So, yeah, Swiss Army Man soundtrack, pretty great. Pretty great. Uh, my last album is Matt Anderson Live at the Phoenix. Okay. He's a Canadian blues musician. Cool. I've looked up... A friend of mine years ago suggested I listen to him, and I kind of... I didn't really get into him, but another friend recently was just like, you should listen to this. And so I was like, I think Laura told me about him. And mm-hmm. so I texted her and she said, yeah, yeah, it's he's, he's great. And so I've... I've got his album and I listen to it almost ad nauseum. It is so good and just so um, accessible, I guess. Yeah. And I've seen pictures of him. He is a behemoth. He is a big man. And I would okay. love to see him live. And oh, I've, cool. I've actually looked into tour dates and his, I think, I don't even know if he's coming east of like Winnipeg or North Dakota for you guys up in the States, down in the States. But... I would love to see him live, and I'm just going to keep an eye on 
you know, bands in town or whatever and see if he's ever coming because he would be such a good person to go see. But anyway, no, he's got cool. a great voice, tremendous musician. Uh, his Some of his song lyrics are just heartbreaking and but also really it's blues. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And some are great. And like, he seems like he's got a pretty good sense of humor. And anyway, he's just definitely worth a listen. So I think it cost me, it was 10 bucks on iTunes. And yeah. Yeah. Definitely worth the money. Cool. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I've got three albums left, but two of them that I can't really say too much about because you probably wouldn't know them that well. Okay. But the another one of the ones that I'm listening to a lot as I got back into doing the album of the year thing, I started listening to Ellipsis again. I listened to it when it first came out, but now it's it's back into heavier rotation. Right. It's, I kept nodding along, realizing that we were just having a conversation. I was paying attention, but yeah. anyway, keep going. Baby Claro. Yeah. They're great. Yeah. Love the album. Circadian by Anki. Okay. It's, uh, it's electronic, but slightly different than a lot of other electronic. There's a couple of songs. I featured one on Tuesday Tunes a while back where he's kind of taken a pop punk singer to do the vocals right. for an electronic track, which you almost never hear. Interesting. So it's got a... It's not Goldfinger-esque, but it's close to Marianas Trench, yeah. but more punk, not as punk as Goldfinger. It's kind of right in the middle. Cool. So it's... He does interesting stuff with that. And that album just came out in December. Okay. Which is why I don't have too much to say on it yet, because I've only really gotten... Enough. I've gotten yeah. through it once, and I really enjoyed it, but I feel like I need to go through it a couple more times before I have a real solid opinion sure. on it. But I'm really enjoying it. I'd say it's one definitely worth checking out if you're into electronic and different electronic sure. kind of music. Okay. The other one is The Storm Deluxe by Tech 9 Tech 9 is one of my favorite hip-hop artists. Indie. Okay. It's just good. It's If you're into hip-hop and you don't know Tech 9 listen to him. He does Casey Chop, that sort of stuff. Right. Which, does that make any sense to you? No. Awesome. It's he and Twisted Insane and Chris Calico and some of them do what is kind of Chop, but you could call it a bunch of different things. Essentially, they are... Twisted Insane is recognized by Guinness as the fastest rapper on the planet. Oh. Their thing is they are very excellent wordsmiths, and they spit quick. Cool. That's the whole thing is pace. Right. Okay. And it's also really well written. He's done a, he did a song a couple of albums back, Tech 9, that is, um, I can't remember if it was a cousin or like a little brother or somebody who was dyslexic. So he did a song about dyslexia, and then one of the verses, he wrote it, and, like, spits it quick as if it's being read by a dyslexic. So the words are messed up. Whoa. And it's it's ridiculous. He's he's really, really good. Very cool. <laughs> so, yeah, I've been listening to that. It's his latest album. Okay. So that's The Storm. Very cool. Yeah. Do you have anything else? Music-wise, no. <laughs> so we can embark on the, the mammoth what-are-we-watching list? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's... We thought we might do a... Uh, do another question today, right? <laughs> we'll, we'll get to something else. Yeah? Uh, I mean, a lot of the things that we are talking about, like some of these, the things that I'm watching, a lot of them, because it's been since November, have come up in our, our pitches online articles. Pitches or other pitches. stuff. Exactly. Yeah. So there's some stuff we don't necessarily need to dwell on. I think part of the thing is, is we've now acknowledged the fact that the reason that 
guys from podcast works is because we talk about stuff, not just listing. Because when we first started doing this, what are you up to? It's like, oh yeah, I watched this, this, and this, uh, reading this and this. You read it? No. What's yeah. this? Oh yeah, I'd probably like it. Now we actually have a conversation, which means it takes longer. Exactly. But I'm hoping that it's imparting more of a reason for people to check stuff out. Yeah, totally. So, um, TV first. Sure. Great. Uh, I don't have a lot on TV right now. How far are you in Westworld? Three episodes. Oh man, Dave, you're so slow. <laughs> Jen and I are watching it, and like, I ha- so I can't jump ahead. I would feel so bad if I did. So I can blame Shannon? No, it's both of our fault, but it's just, it's also really fun to try and nurse it, because I don't want to binge watch this, because it's so good. Yeah, it probably won't come back until 20, end of 2017, early 2018 anyway. That's kind of what I figured, so I have time, it's not like I need to get through this because the new season is starting next month. If that was the case, I'd be like, Shannon, we're binge watching this tomorrow. (laughs) Whereas here, it's like, she came over and we had supper last night, and then... Watched an episode. We watched an episode. And whenever I see it, like, hopefully by the end of March, I will be done Westworld. I mean, that's, there's what, 10 episodes? Yes. And so that's like an episode a week. Yeah. So that's fine. Uh, Uh, I am definitely going to be taking bets on whether or not Dave is done by the next time we do this. (laughs) I will lay three to one odds four. (laughs) Wow. I'm I'm confident because you like it. Yeah. But I know it's Dave. So <laughs> I can't argue that. Yeah. How would you argue that? His arguments that I'm me. Hmm. <laughs> Damn it. Could I be not me? Um yeah, so that's that's one of the ones that I'm watching right now and okay. it's just poof. Yeah. Man, I don't know where it's going right now. I have an idea, and then things happen, and it's just... Oh. Yeah. I want to say more, but there's a possibility that some of our listeners haven't seen it. And I'm not saying more because I don't remember the difference between episode three and episode four anymore. Right. Because I watched this as it was live. Yeah, which makes sense. I mean, that was... Well, I was hooked on it. There was no way ago, I yeah. was... Yeah. Well, and had I, had I watched that first episode... When it came out, yep. I would have been the same. When but, I was pitching it on the podcast, yeah. I'm like, watch Westworld. But once, because Shannon hadn't seen it, and she asked if we could watch it, I was like, yeah. And now we're, so, yeah, I've no, made this that's... commitment, I'm just like, oh, God. That's fine. Huh. Anyway, when we stop recording, I'll tell you what happened at the end of the last episode. And, okay, great. Yeah. And then we can talk about it a yeah, little bit. Exactly. Cool. Uh, so that's the first TV thing I'm watching. How many TV things do you have? I've got a couple. Okay. And by I... a couple, I mean two. I have four, so okay. I will do two now. Okay, great. How about I do anime now? Sure. Still working on Psychopaths. That's the one that's the minority report okay. sort of thing. Yeah. I've talked about this a few times. I'm really enjoying it. I don't know why I keep... It's so dense. Right. You really have to be paying attention to it, and so I have to really be in the mood for it. So I love it, but at the same time, after watching an episode, sometimes I just need to sit and process... Okay. I'm very fast at reading subtitles because I like subtitles. Sure. These are fast for me. Really? Yeah. Oh. So there is so much information being kind of bombarded at me while I'm watching Psychopaths that I just, I have to be in the right frame of mind to be able to get through an episode. Okay. So that's why it's taking as long, but I am loving it. Right. Yamishibai came back as well. Which one's that? That is the Paper Lantern horror series that I've talked about oh, before. Oh, yeah, okay. We're into series four. Each episode's four minutes long. 
so it's super easy to watch. Nice. They're good. This has so far been the weakest season. Okay. I think they always change the theme and the way they do them season to season. So this one, it's a lot more narrative. Like, not narrative. It's a lot more narrated. Okay. It's more of a narrator telling a story rather than watching it happen. So that's okay. But it's still, it's more Yamishibai. Okay. I'm happy. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I will say, as I was digging through my DVDs, I came across Rome. HBO's oh, yeah. Rome. Yeah. And I, I started that one but didn't finish it. And so I pulled that one out of the the basement and that gotcha. one's upstairs now too so nice yeah i'm gonna give that one a rewatch too i think just because it was it's only one season right two two oh yeah. maybe i only have the one season maybe that's anyway should be on demand we have hbo oh yeah could be anyway i like it on our telus is such a pain in the butt to get through the on demand sometimes like there's a you have to go here then here then here then here then here in order yeah. to get to it but so if i can watch it on as much as i can on dvd oh yeah obviously and then but watch the, rest the season you don't have. Yeah. Also, as long as you're doing more than one episode, once you get into the system and tell us, it's just like, okay, I'm here. This one, watch this next one, episode. this one. Absolutely. Yeah. It's just, it's getting into the system. So it's just yep. not as user-friendly as I would hope. No, that's fair. Uh, the other show that I literally just started and I haven't even gotten through the first episode, but I can already tell, like, because other people are talking about it, is Riverdale. Oh, <laughs> the, the CW Archie series. The soap, yeah. But it's on Netflix. Yeah, it's cross, yeah. blah, blah, anyway, blah, blah. Anyway, it's just like, I've seen a few different people talk about it, and like from podcasts ages ago, we all know how much I like Archie comics. So yep. I was like, my brother's watching it, and he's kind of into it, and it's got a different spin to it. So I'm like, okay, I'll give it a shot. And so it's just like, I'm literally just discovering the characters right now, and it's... okay. So I'll see how it goes. I mean, I may not end up watching the whole thing, but I'm, I'm, it's intriguing enough that I'm going to give it a shot because it could be fun. Sure. Um, I understand that it's brainless soap yeah, opera. Whatever. Fluff, but sometimes you need one of those. Exactly. Have okay. I don't know if you met them yet or not, but I have to know as I have not touched it at all. Yeah. Is Pops okay? Have we met Pops? I think he's black. That's fine. Which is different from the comics, but that's... Yeah. Beyond that, I think he's there, yeah, because... Okay. Like, the, the second scene is Betty and Archie at Pop Tate's chocolate shop. Okay. Yeah, so... So he's there. He's there. And he seems good? I think so. Okay. I mean, we, we learned about him for about 15 seconds. All right. But he seems like he's there. The first name that was mentioned, whom I recognized, was Dilton Doily, and I was so happy. Wow. Right? <laughs> There's a deep Archie cut. Right? Yeah. I was sitting there, and it's just like, oh, the person who discovered it was Dilton Doyle. I was like, what? That's the first name that you're going <laughs> to reference in this show? Is Dilton? Yeah, man. Okie doke. This, so, is, this is for the purebred Archie fans. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I've, like, people have already kind of spoiled it on net on Facebook, Facebook? which is kind of annoying. Like, it just came out, you guys. It's not, I guess, they're not the Star Wars people. And nope. people tend to do that. And yep. like it was just a status like this happened. I'm like it's it's been out for a week and a half or however long. It's it hasn't been long. Not like, that long, yeah. People have been like it's everybody's just getting on the Riverdale train. Yep. So weird. It's so weird. Anyway, I keep hoping that Homer Simpson's gonna show up. <laughs> just a character named Homer. Wow. It's got jaundice. <laughs> that would be so good. <laughs> 
does. Stay out of Riverdale. Well, I guess you'll have to let me know. Cause yeah. I'm, as I heard, it was like a CW style. That's why I said that. It's a right. C, the CW because they have a very specific formula sure. of show, and yeah. that's exactly what Riverdale well, sounds they like. They did like the 100 too, right? Is that CW? Oh, Vampire Diaries yeah. and all of that sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So I started watching the 100, and it was only okay. I knew a bunch of people who really liked it, and so I gave it a shot. And was like, ah. Eh. But it's brain, it's soapy and it's just yeah. what it is, and that and sometimes, sometimes that's what you want. Exactly, sometimes yeah. that's what you need. So, so yeah. like, let me know yeah. if I should give it a shot. As it has already been established in the same podcast, I am also an Archie fan. Yeah. We have both been tweeted by Archie Comics <laughs> more than once. So yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's the other show I'm watching. Cool. The other two. Yesterday, finally finished the second season of Marvel's Agent Carter. Okay. Which was, it's a year old now, but our PVR screwed up and didn't record a couple episodes. Oh, that's the worst. That's what happened to me with Shameless, the second season of Shameless. Yeah. So I'm still only at the first season. Sorry, go on. Agent Carter. However, because I have HBO and the movie network, TELUS folded Crave TV into that, which has stuff like Shameless and Agent Carter. So now you have Crave, whether you knew it or not. Really? Yeah. So I have Crave TV again, which is basically it's a Hulu-style thing in Canada. So able to watch it that way. So we finally finished getting through the second season of Agent Carter. I didn't Carter. know we had Crave. I'll have to go investigate. You might have to go investigate because they didn't say anything about it. But when the here's some inside cable network stuff. Ooh. But when the CRTC enforce some stuff to make them change packages and make them change how to set up yeah. that sort of thing, Crave got folded into the movie network HBO packages. So huh. I was I looked at it and went, I have Crave again? So I clicked on it and started watching a South Park, and yeah, it's back. Okay. So it's a part of your cable package already. So Great. that thing you just have. I'm so, going to go investigate because there's a yeah. bunch of stuff on Crave that I really want to watch. Yep. Uh, Shameless might be on there. I believe it. It's Showtime, isn't it? Yeah. Because they have a Showtime section. Okay. Yeah. Hot dang! So you might be able to watch it. Same way that I was able to finally wrap up Agent Carter Season 2. Awesome. And what else? Uh, What's the other one? Taboo. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's so good. Right. So good. I haven't... uh, That one will be on demand, you said, right? Yeah, it's on FX. Okay, because... it sounds amazing. Yeah, it's great. It's Tom Hardy. It's right. East India Company era. It's about Canada. Like, it's awesome. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. Uh, the other one, and I I don't want to make the same mistake with this one as I did with Westworld. I've started PVRing The Young Pope. Okay. And so I want to start watching that one as well. And Watch him crawl start. out of a pile of dead babies? Sure. Yeah. That's the first shot. That sounds like HBO. Yeah, doesn't it? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> love that channel <laughs> right yeah uh, so that's maybe I'll just start watching that one without Shannon just that way I don't have to worry about <laughs> her catching up yeah <clears throat> I'm waiting and seeing on that one I think I might I just that's don't know yeah, it yeah. Is. it's got a great cast it's sort of interesting yeah. but I just I don't know. That's, I wasn't in the right frame of mind that, for it or something, so... Well, and I, I didn't know much about it. I just thought that Jude Law's a young pope. That sounds like it could be a really cool concept. So I PBR'd it. If I start watching it and like it, great. I mean, more often than not, I can get behind whatever HBO does. So yeah, exactly. It's not... 
it, it's not a big risk, and it's not like it's taking up unnecessary room on my PVR. So yeah, um, I'm gonna start watching that one hopefully soon, and I'll be able to check in on with that one too and let you know. So cool. Yeah, I sort of have one Netflix only okay. series. Uh, called Midnight Diner Tokyo Stories. I think I've mentioned it previous. Yeah, you uh, have. But I got all the way through it. Okay. It's great. Interesting. That was the one, like... It takes place in a diner that's yeah. open from midnight to 7 a.m., and yeah. it's about the people who come in. It's just a weird little slice of life, half an hour. And it's on Netflix? Yes. Oh, cool. Okay. It's the international version of... Midnight Diner. There's also a Japanese version, a Korean version, a Chinese version. There's two movies and four other seasons of other Good stuff. Lord. But so they made one for Netflix for a North American audience, sort of. Right. It's still in Japanese and still subtitled. Right. But okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, how many movies do you have? I have six, including Rogue One, which we talked ad nauseum about last week. So. So five. Yeah. I have nine. Good God. Okay. If, if I cut out the ones that made my top ten movies of the year, which I am going to. Okay. Okay, then I had yeah, then I will... Then uh, I'm down to three. <laughs> but you can, we can talk about the ones on yours okay. if you want to flesh... Well, one of them Swiss Army Man. We've talked about it, so... I crossed that off of my list. Okay, let's not... We've talked about, again, ad nauseum. It's so good. Yeah, it's Watch so it. good. Watch it. Do it. Okay. Well, hit me with a couple. Great. I watched Sadako versus Kayako. That was The Grudge versus The Ring? Yeah. And? It's good. Okay. It's definitely for fans of the Japanese versions of them. It's definitely a Japanese horror movie. If you're not into Japanese horror, you're not going to like it. Right. But I enjoyed it. I had a good time. It was probably a 7 out of 10, 7.5 out of 10 for me. Okay. So pretty good. Okay, cool. I enjoyed it. It's not scary. Like, it's not a oh, jump scare, it's not... Be- well, you're so... I don't know, you, I'm presupposing, but right. we are so used to The Ring and Grudge. Yeah. I don't find Samara crawling out of a TV scary like I used to. Sure. It's not weird to me anymore. It's just, oh, there she is. Right. Okay, great. Awesome. Kayako crawling down the house. Yeah. There's the sound. The sound is still creepy. Are you familiar with The Grudge? Ish. Yeah, there's the sound that Kayako, anyone who has watched The Grudge, knows the sound. Right. And she makes it, and it's still creepy, but at the same time, it's just like, okay, You're kind I of get desensitized it. to it. Yep. Okay. But it was fun. I okay. had a good time. It's more of a ring film with some grudge in it. Okay. Oh, and Toshio's in it, obviously, as well. That's the boy in Grudge. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. And he meows <coughs> like he does. All right. Do you want me to keep going? Yeah, give me one more, and then I'll do one of mine. Uh, the Resort. It's on Netflix. It is a British horror movie, okay. which takes the premise of Jurassic Park and changes the dinosaurs into human zombies. Oh. <laughs> so you go to the resort, which resort with a Z. Sure. And you're going there to shoot zombies. You're going to on shoot a z- zombies? You're going on a zombie hunt, basically. Okay. Yeah. And it's a horror movie. Yep. So clearly things go wrong in zombie world. It's Jurassic Park with zombies. So what happens? The park fails. Dang. Well, that's... It was fun. Yeah? It's on Netflix. Okay. Yeah. Worth watching? Oh, yeah. Okay. I'd recommend it. Okay. And I'm not a big zombie guy anymore. Like, I'm zombied out. Yeah, yeah. We've talked about that. Yeah. Yeah. But this... In case this is the first one for somebody, too. 
but this one does add something to it, and that something is Jurassic Park. <laughs> and it's just a different spin on a on a on a zombie trope. Yep. They okay. also have diff- slightly different zombies. Like, they establish their own zombie rules, which is quite nice. Okay. So, the for example, the fresher the zombie, the faster they are. Oh, interesting. So, if you've just turned, you can still run. But right. if you're an older zombie, you can only really shuffle. Right. So, that tells... So, when new... Like, they're on this place... If you've place, gotten inf- infected yourself and then turn into a zombie... You're super fast. Oh. Oh. Not beyond humans fast, sure. but you're super fast. Yeah, compared to a zombie that's been there for two months. Right. And has decomposed. Right. Oh. Yeah, so they do that sort of stuff. Okay. And the zombies actually represent something. They're This has them being a metaphor, which is what zombies were supposed to be in the first place. Whether right. it was communism or consumerism or whatever, these zombies actually mean something, which is nice and rare in modern right. zombie movies. So yeah, that's the resort. Cool. Okay. Um, I'm going to talk about The Magnificent Seven first. Sure. Have we talked about that yet? Or no. I just wrote... Okay. You, the last time we talked about The Magnificent Seven was that you were hoping you would be able to watch it before you did your top ten. Okay. Cool. Uh, I loved it. Cool. When I, when we were di- did our previews for last year, I think I, I talked about how excited I was for it. Yeah. I was also worried and a little hesitant because it's a remake. I loved it because... It was an homage to the original Magnificent Seven, which in itself is an homage to Seven, Seven Samurai. Samurai. Yep. But it took that that story and made it its own. Oh, versus good. like the exact same thing. It it the concept was still the same, but it 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 was modernized, I guess. Okay. Um, but I also liked that there was twice, possibly three times in the movie where it referenced. The oh, it, twice it referenced uh, it like direct lines from the original Magnificent Seven. Oh wow, which is kind of cool. It's like we know that this is a remake. Here's our little tip of the hat to the original. That's nice. Which is really nice. And at the end, the final credits were done to the theme song to the to the original Magnificent Seven. So, oh, okay. Um, I thought Denzel was great. I thought Chris Pratt was amazing. Um, I really really like Peter Sarsgaard. He was so good in it. Cool. Ethan Hawke is really good. It's just, it was a very fun film. Um, yeah. Different take to a, a classic I already like. I still prefer the original. Okay. But this one did not, it did not do an injustice to the original. No boondocking. No boondocking. Okay. No, very, very enjoyable. <laughs> so, yeah. I'll have to check that out. Mm-hmm. I was hesitant also not being the huge Western guy. Sure. I was like, okay, I'll, yeah. I'll see it when I see it and I'm sure I will at some mm-hmm. point. So, no, it's yeah, I think I ended up renting it just because I wanted to. Again, I wanted, I wanted to, see to see it before, so I was like, I'll catch it now. Sure. Yeah. Okay. How how many do you want me to do? Well, <laughs> I don't know. Just do a couple. The Shallows. Oh. Yeah. That's the one with uh, Blake Lively, right? Yep. About the shark and a shark. And it's good. Yeah. It's not a horror movie. It was oh, sold to me as being a horror movie. I didn't find it scary okay. at all. It's more of a suspense yeah, okay. drama kind of thing where she's trapped on this rock and there's a shark. Sure. Okay, cool. Is that basically the concept? That's the entire concept, yeah. Wow. So it's two hours of her on a... Hour and a half hour and of a half. her... Well, hour and a half of she's surfing. There's a backstory to it, which matters to a point. Oh, okay. And then she's attacked by a shark. And then it's... Other people being attacked by said shark, 
her trying to figure out how to get back to the beach. Sure. She's literally 200 yards right. from safety. And between her and the beach is a giant man-eating shark. Right. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. It was good. Yeah. I'd say watch it if you have a chance to. If that's your sort of movie. Sure. Yeah. Okay. But if you were if you were avoiding it because you thought it was a gory horror movie, if you're not okay with shark gore, right. I guess you'll be not comfortable with it. But right. it is not a horror movie. <clears throat> like, this is not, oh man, sharks come in, jump scares and stuff. It's sharks and there's a lady on a rock. Cool. Okay. So. Awesome. Give me another one. Great. A Bridge Too Far. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I'd never seen A Bridge I Too Far. I haven't either, but. Uh, our friend Dean, it's one of his favorite war movies, and he recommended it to me. Okay. And actually, while I was watching it, was talking to me from Macau. Oh, man. I haven't heard from him since before he left. Stupid Dean. Um, uh, you need WhatsApp. Oh, okay. Basically, and then I if, do have WhatsApp. That's good to know. Yeah, that's easy. We'll talk about this after. Yeah, because I don't think anyone here. Well, maybe we could get Dean a whole bunch of weird WhatsApp friends, but yeah. still. Okay. But yeah, Bridge Too Far. The cast is stacked. Yeah. Yeah. I I'd say so. Oh no. IMDb is doing one of those as introduced things oh no <sighs> so instead of top billing it's it's organized by order of appearance neat well i'll find you a few okay sean connery okay ryan o'neill great gene hackman awesome uh give me a second michael kane <sighs> anthony hopkins slouch <laughs> james con terrible Colin Farrell. Not that Colin Farrell. <laughs> it's like, I didn't think he was around then. <laughs> yeah. Robert Redford. Oh, my God. Liv Allman. Yeah, Robert Redford just shows up like two hours into the movie. It's like, hey, I don't remember what his name is. Let me find it. Oh, Elliot Gould. His name is Elliot Gould? That's weird. <laughs> Elliot Gould's just randomly in it as a tank guy for sure. a few minutes. Lawrence Olivier. Good God. There he is. Major Julian Cook was Robert Redford's character. So one of the main characters is walking through a camp. You do you know the basic premise of a bridge too far? It's market garden. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So this is a move a three hour movie about market okay, operation Ma- market garden in World War Two. So there's an officer walking through an American. Oh, I think bigger than a platoon, not a regiment. Division. Yeah, I guess it's a regiment. Okay. So he's walking through a regiment yelling for <laughs> Julian. It's like two hours in. And then, hey, Julian. And then it just, a guy at a tree turns around and like, oh, crap, it's Robert Redford. <laughs> and he's in it for 15, 20 minutes. Then he's gone again. Amazing. Because it's a bridge too far. It's a Richard Attenborough movie. Oh, yeah, okay. So it's very good. Cool. Uh, I'm going to go with a couple, well, uh, Sullivan's Travels. Hey. I'm trying to get through movies from the 40s so there we can do go. a list of movies from the 40s. So, spoiler alert to whenever we get that done, it's going to be on there. I would imagine. It's good. Yeah, it's a fun little movie. Yep. Um, very 40s feel to it in the sense that these movies can kind of meander from dramatic to serious to comedic to dramatic. Yep. And, um, yeah, it was, it was enjoyable. I mean, maybe I won't get into it too much now because it will be on the... Okay, the, sure. The forties and same with my, same I'm, with my next one. I think but. it'd be on mine too. Yeah. Probably. So yeah. yes, I'll have seen one on yours. 
<laughs> well, I am the reason you saw that. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, this one and the next one I won't dwell on too much here because we are pretty crunched for time. Wow. Well, we're not in a rush, but this is a long podcast, yeah. and we don't want to keep you guys yeah. forever. It's about a director who, instead of wanting to make, he makes kind of populist films, yeah, and he wants to make something serious. So then he goes on the road and then discovers the value of art, yeah, essentially. Yeah, that's very good. Cliff notes of it. Thank you. Yeah. How many do you have left? Two. I have four. Okay. I cut a couple down. One of them, I don't know if it's going to be on your your list, but there's one on mine that might be on yours, so... Okay. Yeah. So you just want me to talk a little bit? Sure. Okay, great. My next one's Train to Busan. Okay. Is it that one? No. Awesome. Are you shocked? (laughs) No. It's a Korean movie. (laughs) No. (laughs) It's a Korean zombie movie. Oh. It's another... That's right. Two zombie movies on my list. Who are you? This one did make my top 10 of the year, right at the bottom. Okay, that's what I thought. Um, but I did want to mention it just because I think a lot of people who read top 10s, I know you start kind of scrolling through and you're just looking to see titles and that sort of stuff. And this was at the very bottom. Right. It wasn't an honorable mention, but it was 10. Yeah. So it's a <clears throat> zombie movie, fast zombies-ish. Okay. Ish. Yeah. So they're able to run, but... So it's kind of 28 Days Later speed-wise. Right. But it's more zombie than that, and it's more like World War Z. Okay. In clusters and how they move and that sort of stuff. However, it's done with real people rather than a lot of CG. There's some CG, but it's not as much. Um, And it's mixed with a Korean melodrama. So it's ridiculously intentionally pulling at your heartstrings and then zombie gore for 10 minutes and then another bit of melodrama and then more zombie gore so yeah it's really good if you have a chance to watch train to busan i did have to rent it because not that easy to track down right but if you have something like shutter it may come to netflix okay that sort of stuff it is it's worth a watch for sure cool hush nope not that one either awesome this is a Netflix-only horror movie, I okay. believe. That was the way it was released, so but it was festival horror movies. Yeah. It's like I spend a lot of time doing that. Yeah, right? But I saw a lot of good ones recently, sure. so that's been nice. Is this one also on your top ten? Yes. Okay. I kept a few of them sure. just because... It just sounded familiar. It's like, I think that's where I heard about it was from your... Yeah. 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 It's a home invasion movie. Okay. About a woman who is deaf. Oh, so she's at a disadvantage, the killer thinks. Right. And it's a giant game of cat and mouse. Very cool. Yeah. So I don't want to give away too much. It's literally, I think, a cast of four. Nice. She lives in a house in the woods. She's a writer, usually. There's a few other people in it, I suppose, in, over Skype calls. But, but, like, principals are, like, four people. Principals are two. Two. Yeah. Interesting. The killer and her. And then there's like a cop or something who actually shows up. Don't, you don't have to, I'm just like. No. Supposing, oh. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. It's, it's very good. It's definitely worth it. Okay. It's like an hour and 20 minutes too. So it's super short. Okay, cool. And it's on Netflix. So everyone can see it because Beautiful. that's who released it. Sure. That makes sense. Yeah. <clears throat> um, Citizen Kane, I saw. Okay. Finally. Arguably one of the, like... You can see why now. Sure. It's the, considered the great American film, but I'm also hoping that you see why I argue against that. Yeah, and I've had conversations with people for it and against it. Like, yeah. 
I understand at the time what it did for film. Sure. As a as a film and the different methods that it that Orson Welles used and the different shots and like there's just a lot to it that is so different than everything else that was being put out at the time. Yes. So in that sense, even like the story was not linear and so yeah, no, like, I appreciated what it is, but dissolves it's like, and stuff. Yeah, and yeah. Very, very well shot, very good movie. Yep. But I could also see like it's not like I mean, you were the one who said, Is the Godfather is it better than the Godfather? Well no. But at the t- I mean the Godfather came twenty years is later. It better than Gone with the Wind? I don't know, I haven't seen that. But That's for your thirties list. I get it. <laughs> it's also I'll get to it. Yeah. So anyway, it was it was good, and I really enjoyed it. I'm glad I finally saw it. Yeah. And uh, I will probably again watch it again at some point, and sure. it will also make it on my list, so we can talk about it then. But yeah. Well, the but the problem was you already knew it was the sled. Exactly. It is a better film if you don't know it's the sled. Sure. But the problem is, is pop culture has made it very clear what Rosebud is. Absolutely. I don't yeah. even feel bad about spoiling it if you haven't seen Citizen Kane, because if you've watched anything name a sitcom, there's right. probably a Citizen Kane reference in it. There's a whole episode in The Simpsons about that completely covers yeah, Bobo. Citizen Kane. Exactly. Yeah. So it's almost, it <clears throat> takes most of its story beats from Citizen Kane. Absolutely. Which now that you've seen Citizen Kane, you can appreciate that episode more. So much more. Family Guy makes reference to it. Uh, Kids in the Hall had an entire sketch about trying to convince a guy that he actually watched Citizen Kane. Like, it's... Yeah. It is pervasive. Exactly. So, so, and it came out 70 years ago. Yeah. So, I'm not that stressed it's about It's a sled. It. There, yeah. I just saved you two long boobless hours. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, so, that's... I've got one more, but how okay. many are you down to? Uh, two, if I cut a couple. Okay. Give me another one. Bone Tomahawk. Okay. Not that one either. <laughs> It's also on Netflix, so okay. available on Netflix. It is a Western. Great. Horror. Awesome. Sort of. Okay. It's about cannibals. A cannibal tribe kidnaps this dude's wife. And so it's a posse with the sheriff going out to get her back. Cool. Basic, simple Western Simple Western trope, plot. but kind of with the horror spin to it. Yeah. Neat. Kurt Russell is the sheriff. Love it. Patrick Wilson is the guy whose wife is stolen. Is he the guy from, like... Uh, Fargo Season 2, The An- Watchmen, The Annabelle. Conjuring. Conjuring. Conjuring, yeah, yeah. okay, yeah. Then It's the guy I'm thinking of. Yeah. Uh, Matthew Fox is okay. a, a snappy, sharpshooting kind of guy. Sure. Who goes along because he's helpful. And Richard Jenkins plays the fun old man doctor comic relief guy. You have seen him in tons of things. He's oh, from yeah, he's from Cabin he, in the Woods. Stepbrothers. Jack Reacher. Yeah, yeah he's definitely, Stepbrothers might be. Pr- yeah, he's the dad in Stepbrothers yes, for anybody is. who doesn't know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. David Arquette's in it briefly. Yes. Sid Haig is in it. Yeah. Cool. All it's right. real good. Nice. Bone Tomahawk. Bone Tomahawk. All right. It is available, yeah, on Netflix. Okay. Super easy to watch. It's two and a quarter hours, so if you're looking for. A little a bit longer, longer of a, of Western a horror. Okay. Horror-wise, not super scary, but it is about a cannibal tribe. So that's where the horror is coming from. Gotcha. They're being attacked by cannibals. And okay. It's a little gory in the sense that they actually do, okay, that guy just got shot with something. Right. 
So yeah, it's not the you're 50s gonna, where he just goes uh, and yeah. then falls over. You're going to see the effects of the bullet. Yeah. In a dude. And his pastel shirt is not fine anymore. Right. Cool. You notice that in old westerns that they all wear pastels? It's like, why are you wearing well, green so and yellow? Well, so that way you can see the blood better. That they don't show? Because well, they're like clutching their dog, shirt yeah. and then fall over? <laughs> <laughs> but then on the back you see like that little bit of red coming through. No! His crepe paper yellow shirt. <laughs> I miss my crepe paper yellow shirt. Anyway, let's go. <laughs> uh, the last movie that I have is Hardcore Henry. Okay. It's yeah. not on my list. Oh, okay. Uh, Sean was one. We talked about this, I think, on our preview. I It came up at some point on an earlier podcast. Yeah. It's, a, it's an action movie, entirely shot first person. Yep. Very interesting concept. Mm-hmm. Uh, plot was a little thin. It is, but it's not really it's, what that movie's for. No, it's so that you can pretend to be the action hero yourself. Yeah. Which, at a certain point, got a little nauseating. And, like, very... Like, I found it shaking. If you have some just, motion sickness problems with yeah. movies, yeah, this one will give you some problems. But it was still, like, the concept was cool, and, you know, you kind of... Anyway, yeah, I thought it was interesting, and, like, the character who kept showing up and the reasoning behind it and everything was like... Yeah. Okay, this is cool. So it was it was enjoyable. Like, I think I gave it an honorable mention in the in our top ten. I think so, you did. Yeah. Um... Yeah, it was it was a fun little movie and a neat way to enjoy an action film. So and they do all the stunts because they're crazy and they're Russian and they yeah. made it in Russia, who have nowhere near the regulations that they do here. Yeah. So that motorcycle thing, anyone who's seen it, and Dave is nodding. That actually happened. Jesus. They did that yeah. because they had to yeah. running up that bridge thing. Oh, they did that because they had to. <laughs> yeah. Um, the girl in. That movie in Hardcore Henry is also in the Magnificent Seven. I hey. discovered, yeah. So she's having a record she had a year. Good year. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, that's my last movie. Cool. Mine's from 1966, so it's not Hardcore Henry. Oh, okay. It's A Man for All Seasons. Oh, okay. Um, Dave made a noise like he's heard of that. I have heard of that. Excellent. Do you yeah. know what it's about? No. It's a Best Picture winner as well, which I knocks another one off I was going to guess that, list. actually. Booyah. <laughs> Getting close. The Oscars podcast will be coming up at the end of the month. Yeah, it's coming up close. A couple weeks from yeah. now, actually, we'll, we will be doing our predictions and talking Oscar movies we and will. stuff. So, just as a heads up. Anyway, this is the story of Thomas More, Sir Thomas More, okay. who stood up to King Henry VIII when the king was rejecting the Catholic Church so he could marry Anne Boleyn. Huh. It is a period piece. It is exactly what you think it's going to be. It The costumes are like a 60s and Henry VIII era cross. Amazing. Which is kind of strange, but kind of amazing at the same time. <laughs> Robert Shaw plays Henry VIII. <laughs> Which totally needed to happen. He's ridiculous. Paul Schofield is Thomas More. Um, you might know Paul Schofield from Quiz Show. He was also in The Crucible, 96 Crucible. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's Judge Thomas. Okay. So he's <clears throat> been, he was in tons of things until he passed away in 2008. Sure. He's a very recognizable English actor. Uh, Orson Welles is Cardinal Woolsey. And John Hurt was, this was, I believe, his first big film role Aww. was in. A Man for All Seasons. Very cool. Yeah. Neat little trivia there. Yes. Hmm. Are you done? Oh, yeah. I <laughs> hope so, because that section was an hour in itself. God. Well, I guess that's it. <laughs> you, 
Mr. and Miss Internet are the lifeblood of our podcast, and we just want to answer your questions or just have a good old chat. Do you want to talk to us on Twitter? I can be found at David Ron. That's Ron with two N's. Sean is at Sean Cord. That's Sean with a U. And we are at Guys from Podcast. Email us at guysfrompodcast at gmail.com. Facebook us at The Guys From. Or get an agent, then write your questions down in a book. Go ahead and get that book published. As Sean and I have clearly demonstrated, we read all the things. This means we will eventually get to your questions, and we'll eventually answer them. How's that for a deal, huh? Not gonna lie, you might have a better chance if you stick it in a Marvel comic book. If you enjoy the Guys From Podcast, tell anyone you can, any way you can. Anything you can do to help this podcast grow helps us out a lot, especially if you could leave us a rating or a review on iTunes, because most, if not all, of the other podcatchers use the iTunes metric for their rankings, and that's how even more people can find us, so we can answer even more questions. We are available on pretty much anywhere podcasts are found, including Stitcher, Podbean, the Blueberry app, Player FM, Two Thumbs Up Media, eh, you name it, we are probably there. Hey Dave, is there anything you wanted to plug? Super Bowl this weekend. Go Pats. Go commercials. Go commercials! We can get them this year, right? Yeah, I think, I don't know. It's maybe. this year or next year. Uh, but One of the two. Yeah. yeah. Well, Hopefully. we get them online yeah. regardless. Go so. commercials! And go Lady Gaga oh, yeah. for the halftime show. I just want a good game. I would love yeah. to see the Pats win, but... I want, like, 56-54. Right. That's what... Because I'm a neutral in this Super one. Super Bowl I don't shootout. Care. Yeah. Yep. It would be so fun. And, like, I would love to see the Pats win. Yeah. But... If if it's to lose to anybody, I can't imagine you'd feel bad about the Falcons. I don't hate the Falcons. I like Matty Ice. And Atlanta's won one championship ever. The Braves in 95. Oh, yeah. That's it. Well, I mean, the the Falcons haven't been to the Super Bowl since 1998. So When we got that great Simpsons episode. Yeah, So So they're due, and I have nothing against them. So, you know what? Go go sports. Come on, good game. Yeah. (laughs) Sean? On our website, www.theguysfrom.com, aside from hosting this long-winded podcast, we also write articles on things like music. That's indie music every Tuesday, Dave does throwback tracks every Thursday, movies, more video games, gonna have some sports coming up, just a whole bunch of stuff. And where can I find all that again? www.theguysfrom.com. Oh, yeah. Head to iHorror.com for all of your horror news, interview, and review needs, or head to the Instagram to see the random gifts of Godzilla punching or kicking King Kong off of a cliff that I randomly put up. Also, I wanted to point out that it is now, because it is Oscar season, Turner Classic Movies will be doing their 31 Days of Oscar, which means if you are wanting to see any movie that won Best Picture or was nominated, or won Best Actor, or Best Sound, or anything, they are going to be showing them for the next 31 days. So if I have been talking about movies, or if Dave has seen one of the ones that I've told him to watch, and he's been talking about movies... Exactly. This is the time that you are almost certain to see them on TCM, so hop onto your PVR, check it out, and PVR some of those classic movies you haven't seen. All right. Special thanks to The Sweets for our terrific opening music. Check out their website at www.wearethesweets.com. And also, I'm going to try this here first. Hey. We lost yet another one in the Hollywood world. Sir John Hurt <sighs> passed away this week. That one hurts. Yeah. Sorry, pardon, no pun intended. Like, that no, one. I Alien and uh-huh. V for Vendetta. Uh-huh. And, like, the guy's just, he was incredible. A man for all seasons. Harry Potter? Was he in Harry Potter? He was the one that assigned or made the wands. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, so Ol- he was. Oleander? O- and, Omander? O- Oleander, I think, sure. yeah. And his crap in Crap's Last Tape was so good. Yeah. Anyway, that one sucks. Uh, it's getting really hard to do this, but we're trying to find a way to do it because we feel it's necessary. Also, along with that, we would like to send our thoughts and prayers to those affected by the tragedy in the Quebec mosque. Uh, just senseless dis- destruction yep. and unnecessary, and I hate that it's trickling up here to Canada. Yep. Anyway, um, that said, also special thanks to Kevin McLeod at Incompetech for our takeout music called Fearless First, as well as today's ad music called Minstrel Guild. I don't know if that's any better, but I'm just trying to find somewhere to do that. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna work on that. Yeah. Although it would be nice next week if we could have a week off. That would be great. That would be sweet. So we'll hope for that. Yeah. This has been episode 153 of the Guys from Podcast, the Amazonian Podcast. Thanks for listening. You know, because it's so long. Totally. Yeah. Once again, I'm Sean. And I'm Dave. Have a great week, everybody. The Guys from Podcast is brought to you in part by Energy Drinks. Energy drinks are keeping me going. That's why I just messed up saying energy drinks. Have more energy drinks. I don't care which ones. Caffeine is good for you. Actually, it's really not good for you. You shouldn't. tried something different last week with the top 10 where we talked about the worst movies from that era so we thought what was the worst thing we watched in the last two and a half months yeah uh mine is from 1992 okay it's memoirs of an invisible man oh that already sounds great it has chevy chase and daryl hannah and sam neill and michael mckean that's a good cast it is and it's directed by john carpenter Okay. After a freak accident, a yuppie turns invisible and runs from a treacherous CIA official while trying to cope with his new life. That sounds okay. It's not horrible. And I think when I saw the concept, I was expecting a really funny movie. Yeah, that sounds funny. It wasn't. Oh. See, but John Carpenter is... Right? He's a horror director. Yeah, and so but he can was, do horror comedy. Yeah, and so I mean, I think that was the point. It was just, and maybe at the time it was okay. Chevy Chase plays the Invisible Man. Sam Neill is the one who is chasing him. Daryl Hannah is the okay. love interest. Of course. It wasn't horrible. It's just in the last few months, that's the worst thing I've seen. Huh. I didn't love it. Oh, Dave. <laughs> that's so sweet of you. I, yeah, I rated it a five on IMDb, so it's not great, but it's not like one star rating i'm guessing yours is probably different uh if i'm only doing one uh-huh. 
I've got a, a wonderful three star because somebody thought that it would be a good idea to watch Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Oh no. It was crap. Yeah. It was beyond crap. It was miscast. How do you miscast a multi-million dollar picture at this point? Oof. You know who the super handsome guy, the Darcy, the one that you're supposed to fall for because it's Pride and Prejudice? Sure. Uh, it was Sam Riley. From, he played Ian Curtis in Control, the, the Joy Division movie. Okay. Oh. What? He's a, he's a fine-looking English guy. Yeah. Fine. The the one who plays the the military man, um, everyone who cares about Jane, not Jane Eyre, Jane Austen. No, who wrote? Brian Ron? Prejudice? Yeah, Jane Austen. Jane Austen, yeah. yeah. <laughs> not an era of literature I give any craps about. It's either Bronte or an Austen. I'm so, pretty sure it's Jane yeah. No, Austin. it's 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 awesome. So George Wickham, the yeah. the other guy who then ends up marrying the sister. For whom Wickham and, Stan Assurances is named after, I'm sure. Actually, it is nice. So, um, do you know who plays that? The one who you're like, no, I under, but I completely understand because Darcy's so dreamy. It's Jack Houston. What? One of the when he dresses up. One of the most handsome dudes you're going to see, especially standing next to kind of a gawky British-looking guy. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, okay. And even in delivery and everything, it's like, when you watch Jack Houston, it's like, that's your Darcy. Yeah. That is a Darcy and a half. He could play this easy. But no. Uh, and yeah, so it's Pride and Prejudice, but they added zombies to it for reasons, and yeah. it was Awful. bad CG, and the story was stupid, and it was a complete waste of my time, and it was a complete waste of the time of somebody who had read the book and kind of enjoyed it and wanted to see it, and it's a complete waste of time if you like Pride and Prejudice, and it's a complete waste of time if you like zombie movies. Wow. However, I also saw The Forest, which is the other one, which I ranked even lower it's uh, about the suicide forest in Japan where an American girl is oh, yeah. going to find her twin sister who went missing in the suicide forest. Um, that one was the one that got a lot of like negative attention because it had a white girl in Japan? Yeah, but it makes sense story-wise okay. because it's a fish-out-of-water thing. She doesn't understand sure. the suicide okay. forest, and she's going in without being able to speak the language, and the barrier is okay. part of the problem she has in trying to find her right. sister. Because I saw, like, I was like, that seems like a really cool concept. It I'm is, really pumped for that movie. And it shouldn't be. Okay. Well, then I won't watch that one. Supernatural terror, I suppose. It's a lot of forest and some weird, surreal, trying to think that maybe it's ghosts or something. It was like an hour and a half of Natalie Dormer just being two characters and sad. Okay, well. It, it was I'll, I'll add that to the skip list. Yeah. This is why you've seen more movies than I have, because you are always just like, don't watch that one. And I don't. <laughs> Saving you the trouble. Exactly.